0: Welcome to faith seeking understanding the podcast. Uh, I'm Roland this is Matt and we're busy taking a sort of walk through through um, wisdom in the Old Testament. So so far, just to catch us up briefly, we've questioned the idea of wisdom literature as a category. So we said okay let's let's just chuck that out and think about wisdom in a more sort of fluid interconnected way within the Old Testament, right? Uh, then we were like, oh, well, a good place to start then if we're going to do that, do that, or kind of release the shackles a little bit in terms of how we think about um, wisdom, is to start with the figure of Solomon in 1 Kings 1, 2, 11. Um, For one reason is that wisdom plays a huge role in so the story of Solomon, the, the the mythos of Solomon, if you will. Mm. Um, and the second is that the two books that we're going to look at, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, they make efforts to connect themselves with Solomon in some way, yeah. either explicitly or implicitly. And so they clearly have, well, that that's an indication that they have the story of Solomon sort of sitting in the background of, of their sort of discourse. It sort of makes sense that these books that have a whole lot to say about wisdom are going to call the epitome of wisdom in Israel's history to mind. Exactly. So we, we took a look at that and we saw there that the idea of wisdom and the fear of the Lord is a, the relationship between them isn't as obvious as we would have thought, right? Um, they're not identical because Solomon is wise and yet he doesn't fear the Lord. And so then it's like, okay, what does that mean? Right? So that brings into question kind of destabilizes maybe yeah. an idea that we would have um, about wisdom. Uh, then we spent uh, an episode looking at the fear of the Lord. So we saw that it's not a bad thing. Um, it's a, it's a good thing. It's called upon us both in the new and the old Testament. That's like a constant thing throughout the Bible. And um, there's different ways of understanding it. So sometimes fear can be a bad thing, uh, but in the case of God, fear is a good thing. It keeps us sort of healthily away from our own degradation, if you will, like our own desire, our own like tendency to to, to abandon the God we love. To use a, I think that's from a song, right? Yeah, like There's, like a hymn yeah. or something like that. It's now like right down to yeah. the song, and I can't think of. But anyway, so that that comes that, Come that front. That yeah, that one. Uh, so that. So we saw fear of the Lord in general there. Now we're going to sort of move to look at our first book. So it's going to be Proverbs. uh, And what are we looking at in Proverbs as we start? Right. So sort of drawing those threads together, we've looked at wisdom. We've looked at the fear of the Lord. And the motto of the book of Proverbs is there in Proverbs 1 verse 7, Proverbs 9 verse 10. It's sort of called to mind again at the end of the book of Proverbs. um, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we've already raised some questions around that with, with Solomon's story. So, we're going to we start by just thinking about the relationship between those two things in um, the first section of Proverbs. We're going to focus in on Proverbs 1 to 9 um, and interrogate that. Okay. So, for those of us who aren't familiar with Proverbs or as familiar with Proverbs as you, sure. why do you isolate 1 to 9 out of the 31 chapters order? Right. Yeah. So, Proverbs, the way that Roland Murphy has spoken about it, I thought you were going to say me. (laughs) (laughs) Ronald Murphy, uh, who's done a lot of work on um, all types of wisdom, he's written commentaries on Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and books and articles and all that. And um, he's made made the comment that Proverbs is probably the most neatly organized book in the Bible. Okay, bold claim. (laughs) Yeah, but it sort of makes sense because it's got headings to tell us where the new sections begin. Mm -hmm. So it starts with uh the proverbs of solomon son of david king of israel and then in the beginning of chapter 10 these are the proverbs of king solomon and uh, leisure honor talks about the words of the wise um a bit further on these are the um the proverbs of solomon collected by the men of hezekiah um, these are the words of agar um uh, the words of um lemuel's mother mm. um so at all these different points along the way in this book we're actually given headings to say this is the beginning of a new section and um, so that's the one reason that we've actually got a section here in the beginning um that is between two headings okay uh, the second reason is that with this section in particular we've got something different going on when you look at with the the sort of um literature the sort of genre that that um the book of Proverbs is known for are those sort of two line sayings. Yeah. The sort of things that we usually think of as Proverbs, a rolling stone gathers no moss. That's a short little quip there. Is that one of the Proverbs? Not in the book of Proverbs, no, (laughs) but but it's a proverb that is. I was trying trying to figure out the um, theological significance of that. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, yeah, we sort of accustomed to the idea of what a proverb is. Um, And uh, it's these little truisms that, that, Make sense of reality, or give us a principle to live by, or um, or what have you. Um, short. The idea is that it's short. Mm. The idea is that it's catchy. Um, the idea is that we can rattle morph easily, um, and that's what the book of Proverbs has mainly been known for. Um, so, um, the plans of a person's heart, are a, a, in a person's heart, they plan their way, but it is Yahweh who establishes their steps. Short. Easy to remember, apparently not for me. Um, easy to remember, but um, there's something weighty about that. There's something true about that. There's something that, that particular, particular proverb I've come around to numerous times throughout my life um, that I think, I think I'm going one direction and then it just seems like, oh, no, actually the Lord had a different plan here. Not what I was expecting. <laughs> it's like, well, actually helpful reminder. A person's heart plans their way, but it's the Lord who establishes their steps. Mm. Um, That makes up the vast majority of the book of Proverbs, not Proverbs 1 to 9. Mm. When we get to Proverbs 1 to 9, we have these longer poems, these more abstract reflections on, um, not so much the nature of wisdom, although that, I guess, plays into it a little bit, but these longer um, exhortations to pursue wisdom, to um, pay attention to wisdom um, and other things too. Yeah, there's a constant refrain to, like, listen to God or listen to your parents or listen to others in order to gain wisdom. Like, it's not obvious. uh, And so, like, be attentive to the advice of others and then which is almost like a preparation for what's about to come, right? Where you're about to hear all this advice and guidance from other people that we're going to name and give you, you know, and go through. So Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it does propel the way and it does give us a sense of, at no point does it say, this is what we mean by wisdom and sort of lay it out in in abstract terms. But it does, we do get a sense of what wisdom entails by thinking about how it finds its context in in these longer. That's an interesting instructions, actually comment that you made there. And I think it ties into what you want to talk about in this episode, um, where it doesn't give us an account of wisdom. Mm. It doesn't. Like in Aristotle, he'll tell us, you know, in his ethics, he'll tell us what he means by wisdom mm. uh, and he'll tell us what he means by courage. And, you know, that, and that's part of his whole project is to figure out like, okay, what do these things mean and, and how do we articulate them and how do we um, judge whether things are courageous or not or cowardly or whatever. Mm. Um, but that's not the case in Proverbs, right? In, in Proverbs, you have someone who's talking to a, a group of people. And they all kind of have a sense of what wisdom is they, uh, what the word means yeah. right like yeah. maybe it's not precise but it's like most things that we in in normal discourse with well, way we use words yeah in everyday language like if uh, you could use a word a hundred times and somebody be like hey what what does that mean and then you have to scratch your head think, think about it oh, yeah. would i actually define that for your question yeah so, so it would be that. that sort of thing okay so in that case then we're not necessarily he's not necessarily trying to give an account of wisdom either mm but he is trying to tell us there's this relationship between wisdom on the one hand, which we have an intuitive grasp of, and the fear of the Lord on the other hand, which we also have an intuitive grasp of. Hopefully, we have a more intuitive grasp now yeah. that will sort of yeah. relieve some of the baggage from in the previous episode. Yeah. Um, okay. That's, that's an interesting thing to keep in mind, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, with that in mind, I think maybe it's worth just spending a bit of time talking about what does wisdom entail? In it doesn't come out with a straightforward definition, but what can we gather from the way that wisdom is spoken about in these opening chapters of um of Proverbs? Well, the thing that strikes me is that or what strikes me the most when I read one to nine is that it's not obvious. Uh it's not like it's not like you're born with wisdom or that it's instinctive. In fact, a lot of the time <clears throat> I mean I know in Ecclesiastes. This happens, but here yeah, as well, it's contrasted with following your heart. Mm. Where, where I imagine <clears throat> by following your heart, they mean like, kind of, just go with your passions, that your unexamined passions, and and yeah. just go ahead with your and and do whatever you want, kind of thing, right? Whereas wisdom involves you having to learn from others. It have it involves having to like internalize this. Um, I'm still not getting actually to what wisdom is, but I guess I'm saying, like, something about it, right? It's that it's it, it involves, like, um, internalizing these lessons that have been accumulated over generations. Or that God has, the creator himself has, like, encoded in his Torah for us. Um, so, it's about looking outside and then, like, putting a check on those um, unexamined passions. It was examining them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and finding... Pleasure in the in the in in the best things and avoiding things that are like sort of only have the appearance of um, pleasure, but actually in the end aren't like I don't know they aren't full or they don't they aren't rich in terms of their source of goodness and things. Yeah, that I think that's the thing that strikes me the most, especially in one to nine, is just that it's basically if I were to summarize it, it's not obvious, it's not instinctive, it's something you have to learn and grow in. And that involves you having to look to people who you think would be the best sources of learning or learning that from. Yeah. Yeah. So Stuart Weeks um, has um, explained wisdom this way. Um, To become wise, one had to learn. And to learn the right things properly was to become wise. Um, And so in that sense, we could talk about wisdom as a sort of relative term. Mm. Um, That what determines what is wise actually depends on whose instruction you're listening to, or what's, um, I guess, deemed authoritative. Um, mm. What are the right things? What determines the right things to um, uh, to learn? Which, before we delve into how Proverbs deals with that, it is worth just pointing out that that's what we saw when we looked at 1 Kings 1 to 11. Mm-hmm. So if you remember from the previous episodes, we had um, wisdom that could be directed towards Um, Covenant faithfulness, the fear of the Lord, the sorts of things that we would associate with that, but it could also be directed towards um, setting up, well, the way that Solomon actually directed it. It could be directed towards setting up an impressive kingdom um, that in Solomon's case was in diametric opposition to the blueprint that Yahweh laid out for him in. Deuteronomy 17. Right. So he was listening to listening to the like I the wisdom ideals of the ancient Near East, but not necessarily the wisdom ideals that come from God and and and, and yeah, okay. Yeah, so one of the things that we saw is that wisdom is effectively um, defined by its telos. Mm-hmm. It's defined by its orientation. So in the case of um, Solomon's wisdom, what the narrative um sort of implies in the beginning is that the hope is that he's going to direct his wisdom towards the fear of Yahweh um instead though he directs it towards Mm. and so it takes as its foundation takes as its um defining characteristics the ancient Near Eastern royal ideal that we see in other ancient Near Eastern nations like Assyria or what have you okay so the that kind of explains how wisdom can be a tool. It's like this ability to listen to and grow in skill in something. Yeah. Um, and like, depending on who you listen to. So actually, so that's an interesting thing. So it's not just that you have to listen to others because you have to learn it. Mm. But it's also that you have to listen to the right people. Yes. Yeah. And so that's why in, in Proverbs 1 to 9, you often see him saying, okay, well, listen to your parents uh, who presumably, well, and the same parents telling you to listen to the Lord. So it's yeah. the parents who are ready for the Lord and then the Lord himself in the, the Torah. Um, those are the, that's like the starting point of your wisdom. Like, listen to those people. I mean, the, listen the to those people and not the foreign woman. Oh, yeah. And yeah. not the band of thugs that we meet in chapter one. Right. We'll talk about them next in, in one of the next episodes. Um, so it's, yeah, it's getting straight. Who should we listen to here? Um, who actually has that authority to speak. And so when we come to um, Proverbs, what we see is that wisdom goes hand in hand with Torah. Mm. Um, That's not that's not completely obvious from a first read of Proverbs. And certainly hasn't been obvious if you've read um, what scholars have been arguing for over the past number of um, of years, decades better part of a century. <laughs> Maybe longer. I know you said to me that sometimes people, or uh, well you've mentioned to me in the past, that sometimes people think about um, Proverbs as very, like, not in the context of the covenant. Yes. And yeah. this this came up a bit, I guess, in in our first discussion, our, our first episode, where we spoke about how, like, the idea of wisdom literature came out of this thing to, like, de-Jewify. That's not a word, but you know what I mean. de jew um, parts of the Old Testament, so that we could have a more like universal philosophical principle. Yeah, yeah. but it, it does. I mean, when you read through Proverbs one to nine, it, when it talks about the instruction of the Lord that you're supposed to listen to, that this person, that this mm-hmm. hero is supposed to listen to, I'm like, well, where is this instruction of the Lord? Like, what, yeah. what are you expecting? Because you don't get something like that in. Okay, well, I'm skipping ahead, but like in Ecclesiastes, you don't get something like that as much, sure. right? Where like he's not saying, go listen to go listen to the, the Torah of the Lord, whatever. It's like, you know, you know, he has to get in it in a, more, in a different way. Whereas here, constantly, it's like, listen to your parents and listen to the Lord. And it's like, well, I know how to listen to my parents, but like, where am I going to get the, the lessons from the Lord, right? Yeah. So, in Proverbs 2, this is one example. Um, we Like you said, there is sort of this refrain that happens all the way through where at the beginning of each section of Proverbs 1 to 9, you've got this injunction, my son, listen to um the commands listen to the the instruction listen to the teaching of listen to my wisdom mm. that that sort of injunction to pay attention is there all the way through but proverbs 2 my son if you accept my words and store up my commands within you turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding indeed if you call out for inside cry aloud for understanding if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure then you will understand the fear of the lord so just focusing in on those First four verses, we see, firstly, that wisdom and the instruction of the parents go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. They're sort of, if you do this, if you do this, if you do this, and like it switches from the instruction of the parents to paying attention to wisdom, but the same point is being made. Yeah. Um, secondly, if we look elsewhere at how these sorts of things are called to mind, um, or how these um, injunctions to pay attention, how these look. Um, Let's flip over to Proverbs 6. Uh, Proverbs 6.20 My son, keep your father's command. Don't forsake your mother's teaching. That word there for teaching is one that's quite familiar. It's Torah. Mm -hmm. Um, Bind them always on your heart. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they'll watch over you. When you awake, they'll speak to you. Uh, for this command is a lamp this teaching a light and correction and instruction are the way to life, keeping you from the foreign woman. And so it launches into the body of that instruction. But that language there, mm. that's straight out of Deuteronomy. Mm. Uh, if we flip over to Deuteronomy 6, I think we can see that quite clearly. Um, so here's the Shema um, in Deuteronomy 6.4. Here O Israel, Yahweh is our God, Yahweh alone. Love Yahweh your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Uh, these are the commands I give you today to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children, which I guess also calls to mind that father-son, mm-hmm. mother-son dynamic that we see in Proverbs 1 to 9. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames. Of your houses and on your gates it's very much the same they need to be everywhere. everywhere they constantly need to be your reminders around you yeah it's, whether they're like on your body or like around your house or whatever yeah yeah put it everywhere that you do not forget this torah that yeah. you do not uh, forsake yahweh and go your own way worship of the gods um and and, and here yeah. slip down the slope to apost to apostasy yeah the proverbs is picking up all that same language yeah. how can we not see the parents instruction as effectively Torah. I never thought. I never thought of that um, parent thing where he's because the in the in Deuteronomy even in Exodus like a lot of the things in Israel it's about like make sure your kids understand mm-hmm. right like I mean in the Passover it's like when your child asks you what's going on tell them that this yeah. is why you know all the way back in Exodus like twelve or whatever yeah and that very dynamic is what's like we're situating ourselves in and here in Proverbs constantly yeah, yeah. Uh, and never never saw that that's cool I think in in the command to of your parents in the taking moments that is the dynamic that's going right on. so that you will live long in the land. Yeah, yeah. why would they live long in the land from obeying their parents well it isn't just a um a direct cause effect that um if you do this then that's going to happen to you, you know, maybe there's some of that but yeah. but there's a very intuitive level at, on which we can interpret that that if parents who fear the lord instruct their children in the ways of the law and a lot like what we've got here in deuteronomy right. 6 then they will remain faithful to the covenant, and you won't see the covenant curses at the end of Deuteronomy or at yeah. the end of Leviticus come to pass, where God's like, I've had enough of you. You have not been faithful to my covenant. You've just done your own thing, and so off you go. Yeah. i, I know won't it, happen. <laughs> I, I know we might get into this in the next episode, but even the talk of the land comes up in Proverbs, isn't it? Yeah, I, in, but in, the in end the Proverbs, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to read those verses? Okay, so... it. Proverbs 2, verse 20 to 22 says, So you will walk in the way of the good and keep the paths of the righteous. This is assuming you're listening to God and your parents. Mm-hmm. For the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. Yeah. Which is like, that's the covenant. That's the covenant promises at the end of Leviticus and Deuteronomy. It's like, dread out of Deuteronomy. In fact, yeah. um, there's some fairly unusual language that's going on there. The idea of being rooted out of the land is something that's quite particular to deuteronomy okay um so the fact that proverbs is picking that up or using that particular word to root out of the land um, because the idea is that you're established in the land Powerful. you know like a tree like plants their roots and then like now we're going to rip you out so it's like okay you've been given the promised land and but i'm going to take it away from you if you don't like live with me as covenant they were they were that you promised to live with yeah yeah so just as um just as an aside so you can Connect some of the dots here. What we've got in Proverbs two is something of a table of contents for Proverbs one to nine as a whole. And in Proverbs, sorry, in Proverbs two, we have a table of contents of Proverbs one to nine. Is something you said? Yeah. Okay. Okay. It, it the various sections of Proverbs two map onto the argument that's being made all through um, Proverbs uh, one to nine. So in verses one to four, we've got this block um, of. Um, uh, injunctions to pay attention to listen and we saw how wisdom and torah went hand in hand there um in um verses 5 to 5 to 11 effectively um you could break that up further but 5 to 11 we've got the formation of what sort of character will result from paying attention to torah and that will be um that'll be um The fear of the Lord, that'll be ethical character, righteousness, justice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then into the second half, it's quite neatly organized in that you've got two even halves. The second half versus um, 12 through um, 15. 12 through 15, you've got the wicked men, uh, which map onto another set of characters that we see elsewhere in Proverbs 1, Proverbs 4 um, a little bit in Proverbs 3 not very strongly but sort of there and mm-hmm. um, the foreign woman in um, the next few verses verses 12 to 12 through 19 um, and uh, that again mounts onto um, a key theme in the book um, Proverbs 5 through 7 deal in quite some detail with this character of the foreign woman. Mm-hmm. And then right at the end there, we've got um, that those verses about remaining in the land. So the argument there summarizes what's going on in, um, what's going on in Proverbs 1 to 9. If you pay attention to wisdom, then you will become the sort of person that Yahweh wants you to be, that you'll fear the Lord your God, and walk in his ways. Mm-hmm. And in becoming that sort of person, then you will be equipped, having, um imbibed wisdom, then you will be able to steer clear of the foreign woman. To steer clear of these evil thugs that are gonna try and rope you into their devious schemes. Mm-hmm. And by extension, you will remain in the land. To serve your life for the land, you know? and not be kicked out. So that's that's the first thing that I think um, the first big thing that uh, that I think we should see from Proverbs 1 tonight that it's this big push for, um the audience to pay attention to yahweh's commands mm. um to pay attention to torah and that's, yeah it's so not just, just general, general wisdom puts in so not just general ethics that you could get but specifically like it's within the context of the jewish covenant that like god is set up with his people Yep. that's what it looks like to be wise according to Proverbs as well tonight okay and how does that okay so and we've already touched on fear of the lord there um There might have been a surprise there in Proverbs 2. Yeah. If you pay attention to wisdom. Yeah. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord, which seems backwards from wisdom, which leads to the fear of the Lord. right? which seems like the reverse of 1 verse 7 or 9 verse 10, which is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Isn't that weird? So, then, in the, the book's motto, we've got the fear of the Lord leading to wisdom. Yeah, that's weird. So, when it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, how have you typically understood that? Um, Guiding principle? The fear of the Lord is the guiding principle of wisdom? Like... Or basis? Mm. Uh it's like the thing on which you build wisdom, I guess. Uh anyway, to be honest with you, like the word the, the, the temporal notion of beginning has always been a bit weird. It's not like I 'cause like <laughs> it's not like I would stop fearing the Lord <laughs> when I get wisdom, right? So I, I, it's always been a bit difficult to articulate exactly why what that word beginning is trying to yeah. get. But yeah, basis I guess or yeah. principle. So if I mean, yeah, it's it's worth just saying um, straight on the outset that that word um, that, that that idea of the fear of the Lord as the basis of wisdom is possibly one of the more popular mm. proposals. I've seen it. I seen mean, it? that's the one I've when I've gone to read people being like, do you have a better idea? And typically they say something like principle or basis or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that I think is, if, certainly in our circles, I think has been one of the most popular. Um, the difficulty with that is the basis of wisdom. We need to get a little bit technical here. Now mm-hmm. the word in um, the word for beginning in Proverbs 1 verse 7 is um, the Hebrew word reshit. Okay which is more ambiguous it, it has a bit more range of meaning which we'll come back to in a second the word in 9 verse 10 is tequila which is less ambiguous it has less wiggle room tequila tequila, <laughs> oh, te- tequila. tequila. i see i see okay that <laughs> makes <tequila. more> sense. <laughs> um always takes a temporal meaning okay so, that sort of throws a spanner in the works for yeah. thinking about the fear of the Lord as the basis of wisdom. Yeah. Now, even with Reshit, I think we've got issues with um, the fear of the Lord as the basis of wisdom. they actually, as far as I can tell, there isn't an instance of the word Reshit in the Old Testament where it means anything like principle or basis or um, or grounding. Um, oh, wow. Okay. So, if we're getting... Wait, is it one of, but is it one of those words that it only comes up like four times? Oh, no, no. It comes oh. up plenty. Oh, okay. In the beginning God created the heavens Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. Um Right, So okay. The so that I mean that word there beginning um it's yeah. It's temporal probably. If we're gonna choose between those ones, it it's temporal. Okay. I think we've um we've got an underlying assumption though between You know, whichever of those we were to choose, there is a further underlying assumption there that if we choose temporal, there's still this understanding that we're talking about wisdom as the fear of the Lord, as the source of wisdom. Mm -hmm. Um, It's still the beginning of wisdom in that uh, the fear of the Lord um, brings it about. Yeah, you you start out fearing the Lord, and then at some point, you get some wisdom. Right. Yeah, 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 that's the idea. Um, There is, however another way that we can understand this okay both the word for um both words for beginning reshit and tequila um often used um not so much as a thing's source in the old testament but as um the first event in a series effectively okay so if we've got um the passage of time then it's the first event along that along that timeline that we're um yeah, okay, that's fine. That kind of fits with that language of in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I mean, I know He's also the source of everything, but well, like God is the source. God is the source. Yeah, not the. But in in yeah. that sentence, what would be the source? Yeah. If beginning was the was talking about the source, what? Yeah, because there there we kind the of things? have the timeline of His actions, right, and His interaction yes. with humanity, and they we're saying, okay, the first thing that happened in that timeline was that God created yeah the heavens and the earth. Okay, yeah. and so similarly, it would be. We have a Along the journey so, of wisdom. Oh, okay. The timeline now is wisdom. So along yeah. the journey of wisdom and growing and 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 pers- this the pursuit of insight and all that stuff. Fear of the Lord is the the first the first step. Yeah. First step. Okay. The, the other way that this word's often used is to talk about first fruits uh, of a harvest. No way. So it's a that's <laughs> used in I think in Samuel to talk about the first fruits of a harvest. In um, Proverbs three, it talks. Um, uh, where is it now? The Proverbs 3 verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, with the reshit of all your crops. No, okay, cool. So, okay. This, uh, this idea of um, uh, beginning as sort of the first instance of, the first fruits of, the first indication of wisdom. Right, so you're pursuing the wisdom. The pursuit of wisdom is more fundamental. You're, yes. you're saying, okay, I'm gonna go on the journey of wisdom. Yes. And then the first milestone, I guess. So the first like first milestone. Outcome of that the yeah, the first piece of evidence. Yeah, um will be the fear of the Lord. Yeah, and, and intuitively I think that makes Yes. I think that makes sense. That if we're defining wisdom in line with the Torah, if we're associating these things and saying that what we're grounding wisdom on or defining wisdom in terms of is the instruction of Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Um, as we find in particularly Book of Deuteronomy, then we would expect the first real evidence of that the first sign that you have imbibed wisdom yeah is that we're seeing you fear the lord right and we're seeing this response of um everything that we spoke about in the previous episode start to come to be and start to take over your life mm-hmm. and that doesn't that's not a, a first instance that we move on to the next thing that then characterizes the whole journey from then from then on but i th- I thought we said <laughs> I thought we said that wisdom isn't necessarily going to produce fear of the Lord isn't necessarily okay, but coming back to the first part of our discussion that if Solomon could have taken wisdom um down the avenue of the fear of the Lord um, but instead took it down the avenue of um the ancient Near Eastern royal ideal, what that comes to in each case is um which voices he's listening to, which authority he's basing on. Okay, so wisdom defined in terms of the ancient Near Eastern royal ideal is going to come with a whole different set of outcomes than wisdom that is um, based on um, Torah. Okay. And that again is, is defined in terms of its, um, its telos. Its okay, outcomes. so it's, he, when he says here the fear of the Lord is the beginning wisdom, he's almost saying like the fear of the Lord is the first instance of the kind of wisdom that you want. Yes, yeah. So, it, yeah, and actually that, that hits on a really important point, that what Proverbs is doing is not defining wisdom for yeah, us. Uh, it's right, not giving yeah. us a tractate That into of, the trap that I we shouldn't fall into. Yes. It's not giving us a tractate of this is what wisdom is in all its various nuances. Yes. What it's doing is saying, pursue the fear of Yahweh. Uh, pursue um, the covenant ideal that was set forth in Deuteronomy that is meant to define you as a people. Yeah. Um, that's meant to define every individual that makes up that people. Um, it's an instance of parents instructing their children in the ways of the Lord, and we need to take it with that sort of rhetoric. So we're not get, we're not going to get involved. Yeah. man. Well, what you know, I, I mean like in it's crazy. crazy. Like after twenty minutes of talking about how it's situated within the covenant, I still was drawn to like reading it outside of that context. Yeah, it, it's. It's quite a break from the way that we that we that we get accustomed to reading this book. Okay, That's quite a mole to break out of. This. I mean, yeah. So that that's that's what I think we see even just within Proverbs. If we pay attention yeah. to what that word "beginning" typically means, um, if we pay attention to the way that's presented, um, Proverbs two is the clearest. Yeah. So that makes that that reading allows you to very naturally make sense of. Proverbs 1 and Proverbs 2, yeah. whereas it, the basis, the source, those principle, it's difficult to, for me to figure out how you would make it make sense of both Proverbs 1 and 2. Yeah. And there's, there's been no shortage. Despite of, the, I mean, that's in, in it, sorry, I'm t- sorry yeah. to you, but that's besides the point you made already where like these words just aren't used in the way that we would need them to be used yeah. when reading them like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, I mean, there's been no shortage of proposals. So, you've got somebody like um, Michael Fox who talks about wisdom, um, sorry, the fear of the Lord as fear of punishment in the early stages of education, and then fear of the Lord effectively as conscience in um, the later stages as a sort of technical term for for conscience. And um, and so, in the early stages, you've got the fear of punishment that brings about wisdom. Oh, he's- and then as you move on your education, you got wisdom that brings about this more- lofty idea of the fear of the lord as okay. conscience right i've got Ryan dowd who similarly uh he carves it up a bit differently but also talks about different stages of one's education you've got um effectively an upward spiral that you from the fear of the lord comes wisdom which then leads to the fear of the Lord, yeah which then leads to further wisdom so it's right. upward spiral of of it's like a positive feedback with between the two yeah uh you've got knut hein who um who talks about the way that reshit is actually a very ambiguous term at the beginning? So he entertains the possibility that it could mean beginning as in source, or it could mean um, beginning as in principle or basis. Um, and at that early stage, we're not really clear. Proverbs two gives us a different perspective, and then Proverbs one, uh, Proverbs nine verse ten circles back around to the earlier perspective, just with a little bit more clarity, and that's using the temporal term, not the more ambiguous one. And so, we're invited to consider different perspectives as we read. I wonder why the author of Proverbs would have wanted to obfuscate the reader. But, anyway. <laughs> <you know, laughs> there you go. So, the, my, my point just being that um, there, there are three, but there have been plenty of proposals for how we might work with those huh. um, as two different things. But we are not need to, to make sense of this tent, uh, apparent tension, you know. And, but then you're reading and just say, oh, well, there is no tension. Yeah, what I'm suggesting is that actually they're saying the same thing in different words. Okay. So th- the first reason is that it's more consistent with what we see in Proverbs. Proverbs 1 and Proverbs 2 would make a hang of a lot more sense if they would just say the same thing. Yeah. Um, secondly, um, it becomes more apparent that they are saying the same thing in different words if we pay a bit more attention to the way that the language, um, the way that the particular words, particularly that word beginning, mm. um, is used. Elsewhere, mm-hmm. elsewhere in the Hebrew Bible, but also elsewhere, just in Proverbs 1 to 9. Thirdly, um, which we haven't come to yet, but which I think I want to just mention as we lay the plane, is that this follows the pattern that we see in Deuteronomy. We already mentioned that the instruction, this idea of instructing your children in the ways of the Lord, the fact that wisdom is interwoven with that same sort of schema, um... It's very reminiscent of and very much calling to mind Deuteronomy. But actually, if we go to Deuteronomy and we look at the way that the fear of the Lord appears there, all the way through, consistently through Deuteronomy, what we see is that it's the instruction of Yahweh which leads to an appropriate response of the fear of the Lord and the people. Okay, we can see that in Deuteronomy 6. Let's just... um, there we can see it in a bunch of places but let's just look at you charming six as we cover. well i believe you but i had a question do you mind if i ask a question i realize we're running a bit over time here but when you talk about it being in the beginning uh is it in some way left behind when you progress past the beginning? oh no um so like i mentioned earlier that it's it's the first evidence of it but not in that we can then move on to the next thing right, right? in that, but characterizes the journey from that point. No. onwards. it's, yeah, you and it will mm-hmm. fill itself out in um, obedience, which again, we see in Deuteronomy, that the fear of the Lord also um, is connected with keeping God's commands and walking his way as things. Yeah, I like the way you said uh, first fruits earlier, and that's an, int- I think that's an interesting sort of metaphor for it, right? Because mm-hmm. it's saying, it's not like <laughs> when you have your first fruits that like, the rest of the season is going to be a completely different fruit yeah. that does that ignores that first fruit, right? Yeah. It's, that's just the, the first taste of it that you will then see throughout, like, you'll see it work throughout the rest of that season. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, it's beginning in that sense. Cool. Okay. And that is what we see in Deuteronomy. Okay. So, these are the commands, this is Deuteronomy 6 now. These are the commands, the decrees, the laws that the Lord your God directed me to teach you, to observe in the line which you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So that you, your children, and their children may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping his decrees and commands that I give you, so that you'll enjoy a long life. That's interesting, yeah. That's exactly what we saw in Proverbs. Yeah. You got the instruction, pursuit of wisdom from the instruction of God leading to fear. Mm. Yeah. For what it's worth, I think. um So, there in verse one, this is the command. The NIV sort of flattens it out there to say that these are the commands um, and connect it up with the decrees and the laws that oh, yeah. afterwards. The Hebrew actually has a singular noun there. This is the command. Okay. Um, which I think um, along with following a number of people much cleverer than me <laughs> uh, is referring forward to the Shema in verses 4 and 5. Okay. This is the command. This is the central thing that you'll um, listen about Israel Yahweh is our God. Yahweh learns. So you will devote yourself wholeheartedly to him. All right. I think we're going to end it there. So thanks for joining us for our first episode in Proverbs. We're going to continue looking at Proverbs in the next episode. Um, I won't tell you what it is yet because I don't know what it is yet. And uh, I don't want to give spoilers. So we'll see you there. Um, Thanks for listening to the episode. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, please do click the like and subscribe button with the bell. I don't know everything. That's there and we're also on your favorite podcast oh platform yeah now so you can find us on spotify you can find us on apple podcasts on google podcasts and if there are any others that you know about that you want to see us on uh, just drop us a message and we can see about getting onto there too awesome thanks for joining us